Hey yo, and welcome to the Badass is the New Skinny podcast. I'm Sabrina, here to chat with you about what it takes to look and feel like a badass. Fun fact, it's not about 1200 calorie diets and workouts you hate. Nope. Instead, we'll talk about lifestyle habits, mindset, and attitude around sleep, stress management, nutrition, and movement, all dumped in a great big bucket of self-awareness and personal growth. Each week, I'll give you strategies and actions that you can apply directly into your day-to-day life so that you're making sustainable changes over time. So if you're ready to get your shit together, for reals this time, put on your sassy pants and get comfy. Let's do this. Hey yo, how's it going my friends? Before I get into today's chat with you, I want you to take a super quick moment to do something good for yourself. This could look like taking a nice big drink of water, taking a few deep belly breaths in through your nose and out through your mouth, taking a great big stretch with your arms overhead and leaning side to side, whatever your body feels like it needs right now. It might even be all of the above, which makes for a really nice quick refresher break, especially if you do the deep breathing while you stretch and then top it off with a glass of water. Today, let's have a little chat about that voice in your head. I talk a lot about mindset on this podcast, and I truly feel it's a major player in whether or not we achieve our goals. So I think it's important to address what this mindset actually sounds like in our heads. So think for a minute, how do you talk to yourself? What do you currently believe about the efforts you're making to achieve your goals or succeed at something in your life? What thoughts run through your head while you're starting your day in the morning? After having those thoughts, how do you feel? What does it do to your mood? And once you're then in whatever mood you're in, how does that affect the choices you make throughout the day or the things that you choose to do? Our thoughts, feelings, and actions are like three besties, but when one goes sour, the other two tend to tag right along with it. Today, I'm going to focus on what happens when your thoughts decide to play the douche canoe and really spoil it for your feelings and actions. The things I'm going to talk about today are called cognitive distortions, which are basically negative or inaccurate thought patterns. More specifically, today I'm going to talk about what these look like and how they can prevent you from achieving your goals. Now, I'm going to approach this from a learning style that works best for me, which is to use examples because otherwise it's basically me sharing some definitions with you without any real practical application, which is great, but it's not super helpful. It's kind of like just one piece to the puzzle. Rather than an arbitrary example, I'm going to use my goals as an example, and maybe I'll occasionally throw some other ones out there too. But then there's at least something consistent to work from as we go through what these cognitive distortions look like. Right now, my goal is to look and feel stronger. My why is because strength is a point of pride for me, and honestly, the last couple few years have been a dumpster fire. As a result, I've spent the majority of that time feeling out of control and not real strong, mentally, physically, and emotionally. For me personally, this makes it difficult for me to be confident and present in my life, and I know that when I'm confident and present in my life, I'm just a happier person. So that's my train of whys. I want to look and feel stronger because I want to be a happier person and enjoy my life more And I've just talked you through the steps of how that strength leads to happiness and enjoyment for me. If you haven't taken yourself through a why practice, I encourage you to do that. I talk about this more in depth in my podcast episode, Why Your Why Matters. I'll link to it in the show notes if you haven't heard that one yet. 
One thing I want to call out is that look and feel stronger isn't terribly specific and is actually pretty subjective depending on the person. So what does this mean to me? For look stronger, I want to see more muscle definition. Something I've tried to be better about, especially as an adult, is to own my vanity. I don't see anything wrong with vanity as long as it doesn't consume you and it's not where you place all of your value. So I want to look stronger, meaning more muscle definition. This is a pretty big contributor to my overall confidence because whether we like it or not, I would argue that people judge us first based on what they see. When I combine my definition of looking strong with the confidence that goes with it, that's something I feel good about and I'm less afraid to be present and engage more actively in my life. Honestly, this was where my love of all things badassery was born. Before I move on to explaining what I mean when I say I want to feel strong, I want to throw in an important caveat here. Like I said, to me, looking strong means muscle definition. Something I think is important to be acutely aware of is that this comes more easily for some than others, and for me, it comes more easily. I'm talking about genetics here. I have a higher than preferred body fat percentage, but I still have a good amount of muscle definition. Yes, I work for it but also I'm genetically fortunate, especially in my arms and shoulders. I mention this because I don't want my definition of looking strong for me to discourage anyone if this is especially difficult because of your genetics. Again, these are my goals that I'm using as an example to talk about cognitive distortions. If you need to, pause this episode here to think about what your goals are for you, why, what that looks like, what's working in your favor, and what could be more challenging for you. I think it's fine to look to others for inspiration, but comparing yourself to others is ultimately not productive and more likely to work against you than help you. Okay, for the second part of my goal, I want to feel strong. And yes, in its simplest form, I mean this physically. I love the feeling I get from lifting heavy shit. I get way more satisfaction from increasing the amount of weight I can bench press than I do from seeing the number on the scale go down. However, for me, feeling mentally and emotionally strong is also super important. And this is actually where the cognitive distortions can really bite me in the ass if I'm not careful. Mentally strong is being able to make better choices in the now for the long-term payoff rather than succumbing to instant gratification so that I can have what I want now even if it's going to screw over future Sabrina. And can I just say, past Sabrina and future Sabrina duke it out on a regular basis. Future Sabrina often has some pretty colorful words for past Sabrina because of that instant gratification and this comfort with doing what I want now and dealing with the consequences later. It's really something, I have to say. I have gotten mentally stronger over time, so this happens less and less often, but it does still happen. That's why it's part of my goal to feel stronger. And I can't say feel stronger without talking about the emotions. All the feels. Moment of extremely vulnerable transparency here. I'm an emotional train wreck. I do not feel emotionally strong these days. And I think a lot of it is coming from feeling out of control in so many areas of my life and the fact that the last three years have just been an absolute dumpster fire and I'm exhausted. So for me, emotionally strong means emotional regulation, being more in control of my emotions, understanding where they're coming from, understanding the purpose they serve, and withholding judgment around them. I do use exercises to help me with this, but transparently again, I also use therapy to help me with this. Regardless of where you are in your journey, goals, or whatever, 
I am and forever will be a strong advocate for therapy. I'll talk about this more in a future episode, but the short version is if therapy is accessible to you, give it a shot. And try to think of it as not just treatment for a problem, but also as prevention for future problems. There doesn't need to be anything quote-unquote wrong with you to need or want therapy. In fact, therapy for preventive care can be incredibly powerful. I know access to mental and behavioral health providers can be challenging right now especially, and that's if you have the insurance or financial means to cover it. So I want to acknowledge that this isn't something that's available for everyone. It should be, but it's not. If it is accessible to you, I encourage you to consider it. Okay, sorry for the tangent there. At this point, I've outlined my goal and what it looks like to me to look and feel strong. One thing I'm not going to do is put a timeline on my goal, and there isn't a quantifiable outcome I'm looking to achieve necessarily. As you may have noticed by now, I'm a much bigger proponent of working toward lifestyle habits and behaviors that support the kind of outcome that you want. For me, there isn't a tipping point for success where if I achieve X amount of strength, then I've achieved my goal. Looking and feeling strong is something that, one, takes time to develop, and two, has to be maintained. It's not like you just achieve it and then you're done. I would argue that that's the case for a lot of goals, which is not talked about nearly enough, but that's a conversation for another day, and there are quantifiable uh, measures that you can put around these kinds of goals so that you can track progress until it becomes more sustainable for you. It's just more detail than I really need to go into for the purposes of this conversation. At this point, I know some people are going to be like, okay, okay, well, you just get to the point already. And I'm sorry, I, I know that I tend to babble, but I really feel like some of this is important groundwork to really get us into the, the heart of this conversation. So hopefully this, this proves to be helpful as we get into this. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to list common cognitive distortions, and I'm going to link to a more complete list with explanations put together by Precision Nutrition. This also includes the research cited for these distortions. So you'll find this resource in the show notes, or I'll find some other way to link to it so that you can get into more of the details around this. After listing them, I'm going to pick a handful to talk about from the context of what it would look like if these were cognitive distortions that I was struggling with and how they would prevent me from achieving my goal. So here's a list to consider. One, all or nothing thinking. Two, overgeneralization. Three, negative mental filter. Four, discounting the positives. Five, jumping to conclusions either through mind reading or fortune telling. Six, magnification or minimization. Seven, emotional reasoning. Eight, musts, shoulds, oughts, and have tos. Nine, labeling. Ten, personalization. And eleven, blame. Again, I'm not going to go through and define all of these. I'll include some resources for you in the show notes, but let's go ahead and get into a few of these from the context of my goal. The first one I want to talk about is all or nothing thinking. The way precision nutrition defines this is restricting possibilities and options to only two choices, yes or no, all or nothing. Let's look at this from the perspective of my goal to look and feel stronger. If I were to approach this goal with all or nothing thinking, this could look like me saying, do I have a six pack? Yes, I achieved my goal. No, I failed. Or maybe it's, I've only achieved my goal if I have a six pack and can curl 50 pounds in each hand. 
anything less than this is a failure. Even progress doesn't count in this space. Anything less than the goal is a failure. This idea that I only succeed if or if I don't do this, then I fail discounts so much of your effort and forces you to focus on this very limited scope of what success looks like. The next two I want to talk about together are the negative mental filter and discounting the positives. The negative mental filter is dwelling mostly on the negatives and generally ignoring the positives, while discounting the positives is insisting that achievements or positive efforts don't count. So they're very similar, but they're still separate. For the negative mental filter from the context of my goal, this might look like me wanting to do 15 full push-ups with correct form. Let's say I've been working real hard at this and during the next workout, I get to 13 and I just can't make the last two happen. The negative mental filter would be me hyper-focusing on the two that I couldn't get and beating myself up for that. Discounting the positives would be dismissing the 13 that I did with great form and saying, well, those don't count for shit because my goal was 15 and I only did 13. Hopefully you see the problem with this, especially when you consider that there was a point in my life where I couldn't do even one full push-up with correct form. There's a lot of progress here to really be proud of. Shit takes practice. It's great to set goals, but if you consistently discount the progress you make in between by only focusing on the negative and discounting the positive, you're sabotaging your mindset, which can be really demotivating and lead to that all-or-nothing thinking of, well, I didn't achieve this by this date, so I might as well quit. It's a trap. Don't fall for it. Okay, the next one I want to talk about is magnification or minimization which is blowing things way out of proportion or minimization of their importance. Mostly, I want to talk about magnification because I think this is where a lot of people get stuck between the two. Think about this from the perspective of a diet that you may have been doing and you quote unquote screw it up and consequently you've ruined everything and so you might as well continue to binge because what's the point? You've already messed it up, right? A gentle disclaimer. There's no judgment here. This is unfortunately all too common. From the perspective of my strength goal, I can look at the minimization side and minimize the importance of recovery. If my goal is to look and feel stronger, there's this common trap that I could fall into of feeling like I have to work out two hours a day, every day, no pain, no gain, and other dumb shit like that. And the judges you might hear there is more around saying no pain, no gain. It's not about you if you subscribe to this way of thinking. So again, it's not anything personal. I just, I think no pain, no gain is really counterproductive, honestly. The issue here is that if I minimize the importance of recovery, I'm not going to get the strength gains I'm looking for. I'm most likely just going to run myself into the ground and not only not achieve my goal, but ultimately set me back in my journey and potentially cause injury. Next, let's talk about emotional reasoning, which is basing one's account of reality on feelings, this idea of I feel like a loser, so I must be one. This one can apply to so many different examples. Here's the thing. Let's have a quick heart to heart. Are you ready? I don't care who you are or what your goal is, your journey will not be linear. It just won't. Shit doesn't work like that. Whatever your goal is, it's going to ebb and flow. Unfortunately, it can very much be the epitome of two steps forward, one step back, or any variation thereof. I bring this up because in the definition example for this one, 
I feel like a loser, so I must be one. There's this idea that if we're not perfect, then we suck. And that's a heartbreaking trap. That's not the only example of what this could look like. Think about any negative way you've talked to yourself. I encourage you to figure out what your version of emotional reasoning is and call it out for the cognitive distortion that it is. Take away the power from whatever statement it is because it's not a reflection of reality. So if you find yourself thinking, I feel like such a loser, so I must be one, or I feel like such an idiot, so I must be one, or I feel like such a failure, so I must be one, stop and take a breath and practice some sort of comforting gesture. Maybe this looks like giving yourself a hug, rubbing your neck, putting your hand over your heart, whatever a comforting gesture is for you, and take a moment to recognize that these thoughts are distortions and that they're not reality. There are a lot of problems with this one, but one of them being that when these thoughts are persistent, they can lead us to giving up on ourselves and make us feel unworthy of achieving our goals. To combat it, you first have to recognize it. In the context of my goals, sometimes this buddies up with that all or nothing thinking and looks like, I feel like such a weakling and I'm never going to be strong. And you see how really not helpful and also how inaccurate this is? The emotional reasoning can be a significant trap for a lot of people. While I'm a big proponent of feel all the feels, it's important to also understand what's real. To help with this, when you have an emotionally fueled thought that's leading toward a downward spiral, one technique you can try is to interrupt the thought with a couple of questions. One, what proof do I have that this is true? And two, what proof do I have that this is false? Be honest, don't fall into the swamp of negativity just for the sake of being negative. Try to take an objective perspective. If you're struggling with that, consider what you would say to your best friend, your partner, or a child. Chances are, you'd be much more supportive of them. Practice being just as supportive to yourself as you are to others. You deserve that, and you're worthy of it. The last cognitive distortion I want to talk about is labeling. Labeling is, instead of saying something like, I made a mistake, you call yourself a loser or an idiot instead. Where this differs from emotional reasoning is that with emotional reasoning, you're saying, I feel like a loser, therefore I must be one, versus labeling, which is just, I'm a loser. So from the context of my goal, if I decide I'm tired and I skip a workout, emotional reasoning would look like, I feel like such a lazy slob, therefore I must be one. While labeling would look like, I'm skipping my workout because I'm a lazy slob. Again, the difference is nuanced, but there's that slight difference and neither of them are helpful. Also, I want to talk about this word lazy for just a sec. One of my biggest pet peeves with our culture here in America is with our hustle culture and this idea that taking a moment to rest is automatically deemed lazy. This could very well be true in other countries too, but I can only speak for myself on this one without diving into further research about it. The reason why this bothers me so much is because rest isn't lazy. Giving yourself a chance to take a break and take time to take care of yourself doesn't mean you're lazy. If you've been sick all week or you've gotten shitty sleep because you have a new baby or you're exhausted because you're traveling between time zones or you're just flat out exhausted, give yourself permission to take a break. Taking a break and recovering does not make you lazy. 
In fact, when you really give yourself a chance to recover, it can make you more productive when you are being active and taking care of your responsibilities. This one hit me pretty hard about a week ago. I hadn't done a strength training workout in a few days because life's been pretty hectic lately. I've been struggling a little bit to keep up with everything going on, and my priorities fluctuate a bit from day to day. So I was wrapping up my workday, I slept like garbage the night before, I was on my third or fourth day of a pretty intense headache, my stress level was through the roof, and my energy was non-existent. In that moment, I decided not to work out, not work on my business, and not do anything productive. I needed a break. And guys, I'm not going to sit here and blow sunshine up your skirt and tell you this was an easy decision to make because I knew my body and mind needed to rest. It was not an easy decision, and I did feel lazy, and I did ask myself repeatedly if I was making excuses because I didn't want to work out and I didn't want to work on things for my business. This is a hard one, and here's what I've recognized about these moments. If I'm struggling with the decision to take a break, it's probably not me being lazy, and it's probably not an excuse. After all, why would you be struggling with a decision if it was just an excuse? Of course, this is going to look different for everyone, but here's what I know about me. I'm an achiever. I take a lot of pride in the things that I do in my life and doing them well. Taking a break is inherently challenging because it doesn't feel like I'm achieving anything. So if I'm really struggling with the choice, I've recently learned that that's when I need to take a deep breath and let myself rest. Lazy, for me, often goes hand in hand with indifference. Lazy is... I should work out, or I should work on my business, or I should take Bella for a walk, or I should do chores, but I don't really want to and I don't really care. The other side of this, lazy isn't always a bad thing. There, I said it. Come at me. I'm ready. It feels like lately especially, there's like this battle of who's busiest. Who's the most stressed? Who's the most miserable? Why? Why do we do this? Where's the value in being the most overworked or the least happy? Why do we try to one-up each other in this way? Why is working 12-hour days a point of pride when the result is that we're exhausted, burnt out, and deeply unhappy? So yeah, sometimes being lazy can be a good thing. Being lazy is a moment for you to say, I'm doing nothing for the sake of doing nothing right now. Where this becomes harmful is if it becomes the norm. And yes, I do say harmful because persistent laziness can lead to a lot of behaviors that are harmful to our overall health, like poor food choices, little to no movement, and terrible sleep. With all of this comes a lot of stress on the body and mind, even if we don't fully recognize it in the moment. Anyway, that's my tangent on laziness and excuses and all of that. The best way I can sum it up is to be nice to yourself and give yourself some grace. You don't need to be going a million miles an hour to be worthy of love, respect, and appreciation you are already worthy of all of those things. All right, guys, I'm going to wrap it up there. Again, I didn't go into details to define or give examples for all of the cognitive distortions, but I will provide more information about all of them in the show notes. My resource is through Precision Nutrition, but you can find lots of other resources and information on these cognitive distortions elsewhere. For reference, if you've never heard of Precision Nutrition, it's the program I'm working through for my sleep, stress management, and recovery coaching certification, and it's a very reputable organization for certified nutrition coaching and all kinds of other things. I'll be certified through them within the next week or so, which I'm very excited about. 
So if going forward you hear me reference their resources more and more, it's because in a world with all kinds of health, wellness, diet, fitness, weight loss, BS, I trust this organization to provide science-backed information and coaching training. Also, just for reference, I am still certified through the American Council on Exercise for both personal training and health coaching, and both ACE, American Council on Exercise, and Precision Nutrition are accredited organizations. Guys, I mention this because this industry is largely unregulated, so as you're getting curious and exploring more of this on your own, just try to keep an ear out for where information is coming from. Nothing is perfect, but at least when there's accredited training to back people up, you can rest a little more assured that you're not being sold a bunch of garbage. I don't know everything, and I don't pretend to know everything, but I will always keep your safety and best interest at heart. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Please, please make some time today to do something nice for yourself, and I'll catch up with you next time. Later! Many thanks for joining me for another episode of the Badass is the New Skinny podcast. I hope today's chat gave you some things to noodle on and that you're walking away feeling inspired and empowered to live a badass life. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please snag a screenshot of this episode and post it on Instagram, tag a friend or two, and tag me at sa.brina.brina. That's S-A dot B-R-I-N-A dot B-R-I-N-A. And include the hashtag badass is the new skinny. If you could also drop me a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts, it would mean the world to me. For more of the good stuff, head on over to my website at sabrinabrina.com. Catch you next time. Later.